Today on This Week Health. We're in a, in a motion phase. I try to set the expectation that no, I don't think it's going to settle and that part of the profession is managing that change. Now, does it always make people comfortable? Is it always easier? It should always get easier, but I think it's not gonna settle till we get to the next stage on a number of things. Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. All right, so here we are with Jeff Sunshine, CMIO for University Hospitals out of Cleveland. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. Looking forward to this. So we're at the Scottsdale Institute, a lot of great conversations going on. What, what do you take away from yesterday? What's, what's top of mind for you at, at University Hospital? Those are two different questions. They are, so I'm, I'm giving you a choice. All which, right, which so direction let's, let's start like with what, what did we take away from yesterday? I thought yesterday was nice, in, at least for me, introducing some of the perspective of the capital side of thought in generating new ideas, the upside considerations in market, which I don't always get a chance to think about because I'm helping run a large not-for-profit health system. Right. So I think if there was a summary take-home for me from that is that it's still an area, healthcare, IT, digitalization of healthcare, of wide opportunity, innovation, and activity. I thought yesterday was interesting in that we had that breakout session where we looked at things like the staffing challenges with health systems. We looked at incumbents, new incumbents coming in and value-based payments, those kind of things. Um, it's interesting to just to have that time to think about those things because we are involved in the CMIO. You're involved in the daily optimize the EHR, make everything work, integrate new technologies. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to do that. The other thing is just to hear the different perspectives. I mean, so as we sat there yesterday, were there any new ideas that sort of jumped out at you? All respect to the conversation, I, I don't think I left with a treasure of a wow, let's go here that I hadn't thought of before. Well, that was, the, right? co they coalesced around right. similar things. Yeah. So, so let's take these in order, and you asked me in your other question, what's top of mind? The, the rubric of value-based care, how do we control our costs while we're delivering quality? To simplify that formula, we've already had some real successes with that in our health system. In 21, our Medicare Advantage performance was extraordinary. We did top five or so nationally in quality, and we're probably $1,500, $1,600 per year, per member, less than anybody in Ohio. That's fantastic. So, so we have some success, and that's probably built out of our work and our attention, but also the mission we've always served, which is treat everybody with whatever they have, which is a really difficult mission born of the academic world before we grew and became an integrated delivery network in a large region. So, so top of mind for me is it sort of buckets a few ways. One is the continuing um, transformation to computerized medicine. We've put in EMRs but and we're currently doing a shift in vendors so that's a big project within us. 
but there's always corners where you discover, oh, there's something else that's on paper that needs to get converted, and you thought you had it done, but you've got to go back. And, and sometimes they're really meaningful. And project within a project might be electronic consent, con consent documentation. And, and so those things are always in the bin of what's the shortest short term, what are we working on? And you know, I'm a medical information officer, so I try to think about how can we be transparent with our information, use that to enable our providers and our patients. And I think most aspirational get into the predictive area, which for me is still the, the greatest opportunities and challenge. And I find that even, even as we use tools, whether we call those algorithms, machine learning, AI, or, or predictive math, that healthcare isn't so good at probability yet. And how do we teach that? Right. Because fundamentally the third thing I do is large-scale change management. Right? And, and you heard me ask a question yesterday about the implementation sciences. And having merely a good product in healthcare is not sufficient. So what are you finding from an adoption standpoint? I mean, you have the, I assume, an EHR. Yes, we have one and we're changing to another. And you're changing to another. So you have that. That's a significant project. You have significant digital tools coming in and, and all yep. sorts of new things. We have, in the conversation around physician burnout and those kind of things, we're also introducing tools. It's, 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 we're always looking at introducing tools. Constant change. Constant change. Yes. How are the physicians feeling about that? I mean, to, to, to a certain extent, I've, I've once had a physician say to me, can we go back to paper? I'm sure we've yeah. all, we've all I've had that. I've never heard that, I we've, say we've all heard that. right. We, we've all heard that. And I, I don't hear that as, hey, let's go back to paper. Everybody understands the value of digital. But what they're saying is there's so much change. Are we ever going to get to a, to a base where we don't have massive change and we can start to do incremental improvements on things? Well, I think we all forgot middle school with basic mechanics. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. Steer, yeah. Things at rest tend to, to stay at rest. And we are in a, we're in, a, in a motion phase. So when I'm asked that in a broad sense or an individual sense, I try to set the expectation that no, I don't think it's going to settle in that regard. And that part of the profession is managing that change. Now, does it always make people comfortable? Is it always easier? It should always get easier. Is it always so? No. We already know those, the, understand those answers. But I think it's not going to settle till we get to the next stage on a number of things. Input. You, it, we, we still demand too much of our doctors and nurses in just typing things in and whether it will become voice or we'll have more automation simply capturing information or we crowdsource more even to the patients themselves to get information in, that's not optimized yet. Ambient sounds an example we're experimenting on how to do that. Organizing the information once it's in, so we, when we're viewing it, it's what we need to see. The primary care doctor needs a different view than the cardiologist who needs a different view than, frankly, the bedside nurse or the ACO manager. And can we really filter appropriately from what's become now a trove of electronic information? So now we've got input we still have to optimize, we have viewing we have to optimize, along with the input make more sense out of documentation. And the third and biggest challenge is can we take that data out and present it to people to help guide them to decisions faster, better? 
So those are the three areas that I don't think are ready to sell. Are we, so we're, the promise of data, yes. the promise of digitization was that we're going to have all this data and we're going to be able to improve quality outcomes, reduce costs, those kind of things. But a lot of that is, is presupposes good quality data. <laughs> are we making progress around quality data so that we can overlay predictive models, AI, machine learning on top of those things? The answer to that is simply, is yes, we are making progress. Progress. Right? I mean, you said the You're not going to quali quantify the... I don't think you can yet. I, I think it's a continuous improvement cycle. Yes. Right? And the more you start looking at what's, what is the data telling me and realizing it's not what you thought it was going to be in terms of quality or cleanliness, the more you go back and prep your front end. Yeah. It's interesting. So what's, what is the, what's the thing you're looking at right now or that you're implementing right now that you feel like has the most promise for, let's say, value to the organization in the next year? Well, I don't know if this is the most, actually, it's, it's a smaller example than that, but it's to follow our earlier question. I think we've learned that sometimes simple can be really powerful, and I'll give you an example. On the predictive side, if we can use the data that's in the system to produce a risk of mortality, so what's happening in your data that makes us concerned that you have above normal risk, unfortunately, to to end, and that might be the disease you have, it might be your vital signs, it might be the combination of things that are happening because you have multiple chronic things that are now three are destabilized. There's all sorts of ways that might be, and we can use that to help shape your care. We can use that because we can intervene sooner, get you care because you're still salvageable. We can intervene because we can talk to you about what this means for you and your family, and we can intervene because maybe it changes the therapy we might want to use. It's, it's very attainable already with the data that we have, and we're learning how to take something like that and use it um, constructively to shape care. And at the end of the day, I have to remind myself and everybody else, what are we doing this for? Right. We're doing this to make healthcare and patients' experiences better. Fantastic. Jeff, I want to thank Thanks. you for your time. Pleasure. I love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Keynote, Town Hall, Newsroom, and Academy. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now.